What kind of coach is Matt Wells really? What is his future as head coach of the Aggies? We will discuss that and the second half of the 2017 season right now on AggieCast. This is Micah Safeson, your host on AggieCast, the only podcast dedicated to the Utah State Aggies. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash realaggiecast. Give us a like. Share with your friends. Guys, I am terrible at math. Last week I said that I covered the first four games. Well, I actually covered the first five. Uh... So if you're if you caught on to that, you're doing a much better job than I am at this. So what I'm going to do today is talk about the last seven games. Instead of splitting up into three, we'll just split up into two shows. And uh, next week I'll be doing my college football preview. And by then we'll be a few weeks closer into the season. What I want to do t- right now, though, is talk about Coach Wells. Where I think he will be. Uh, this season, what type of coach I think he is, and what I think his future will look like. Now, really, there are two parts to this discussion on Coach Wells. The first part, what do I think should happen, or what I think should happen, and second, what I actually think will happen, because the way I think it should be is different than what most people think it should be. And to start out with what I think should happen, you should know, I am not a fan of firing coaches prematurely. Uh, You know, a big part of that was because as a a football player, when I played football in high school and and even into college, I, I never actually played for a coach for more than two seasons. And so I know firsthand as a player that it's, very hard to adjust to a new coach because a new coach always brings a new culture to a team because every coach is different. And that's a difficult adjustment. I think it's especially difficult when you're in the group of five conference in college football as opposed to the power five. Because when you're in the, a power five conference, a particularly the the bigger teams, the big names in college football, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, uh, USC, Oklahoma, those schools, because of the way they recruit, they really don't rebuild. They just reload. And when a new coach comes in, there's a little bit of an adjustment, but not nearly as much as a group of five team 
And to illustrate that, I want to look at last season. All group of five coaches in their first year, they amassed a 74 wins, 102 losses record. 74 to 102. And if Utah State, if they were to fire Coach Wells after this season, first of all, that's probably because this season is not successful. It's probably because um, we had a losing record, uh, maybe a, another 3-9, and nine, a 4-8. and eight. We would have to be ready for the reality that next season, 2018, would be another 3-9, and 4-8 season. If we're following the the average performance of a first year coach in the power in the other five conferences. And so the question kind of comes down to this. Is the last two years, do they indicate an, a trend or do they indicate more of a anomaly? You know, if, if is is this uh, a path that Matt Wells is on, or is this just kind of um, different factors that maybe were beyond his control or at least very difficult for him to control. So I don't believe that question can be answered just yet. Because when you look at Matt Wells, his career at Utah State, it has been successful. Remember that he was the offensive coordinator under Gary Anderson. He's seen this team play well. And his first two seasons... They played very well. His first year, he went into the Mountain West Championship. Uh, so I'm in a wait-and-see mode um, to pass judgment on Matt Wells. I will tell you what I think uh, what I think a successful season for Matt Wells is. Because I, I think we have to give him this year. We have to give it to him. He's got his he's got his team on the field. It's he this is his first year where every player on the team will have played for him their entire career. He's got this new offensive coordinator, David Yost. During the spring game, the offense really looked like the type of offense I would expect from Coach Matt Wells. It was fast, uh, no huddle, and we've played that way before. But it was at a level that I hadn't seen yet, actually. Uh, and and the the offensive coordinator, Coach Yost, seems to be leading that way. This seems like Coach Yost and Coach Wells seem like they uh, will, will coach well together. They have a, a similar vision. So a successful Utah State team this year, successful enough to keep Coach Wells around, to me, is a team with a winning conference record. Now, I talked last week about how I, I believe conference is everything for Utah State right now. It should be. And I, I want to see them succeed in the conference. And I'm going to give Coach Wells this year my full support because this is a, a year where the conference is doable. If he can't have a winning record in the conference this year, then yes, maybe we need to start talking about looking at a change. But he has my full support this season. Now, the second part of this discussion, like I mentioned, is what I actually think will happen. What I actually think 
or how I actually think Coach Wells is viewed um, by the, the fans, by his players, and obviously most importantly by the administration. I think that what I see are three things that, that uh, three expectations for Coach Matt Wells. And one of these three things I don't think is fair to hinge his career on. The other two I tend to agree with. And these are just observations. Number one, a win against BYU. This is the expectation I don't know if, if this is fair to hinge his career on. Because, first of all, he, he has a win against BYU as coach. And that was a very exciting win two years ago. Or, excuse me, really, three years ago. Yeah, three seasons ago now. That was an exciting win. Um, they, they were an underdog. And BYU was ranked at the time. Utah State was not. It happened in Provo. That, that's, that's the type of win I think that people want to see again. And his career might hinge on that game, unfortunately. I don't think it should, but it might. Uh, and and that's, that's a little, you know, makes me a little nervous. Because BYU, they could have a really good team this year, guys. And I don't want to pit Coach Wells' career on that game. But I, I fear that to many, uh, that will be the, the, his career will be judged against how well he does against BYU. The second expectation that, to me, I see coming from, from the Utah State fan base, and it's an expectation that I have as well, is a reliable offense, especially at quarterback. It's been kind of strange to watch Coach Wells as a coach because he's an offensive guy. He was a quarterback when he played at Utah State. And his whole coaching career, I don't think he's ever actually served as a defensive coach. I think he's been a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, tight ends coach in the early years. He's been that his entire career, as far as I can tell. And the what what has been kind of confusing to me is that historically, a Matt Wells Utah State team is generally a, a strong defensive team. Look at two seasons ago, that six and seven year, the, the season we, we upset B, uh, Boise State in Logan. Uh, we, we went to a bowl game, lost in a, a disappointing fashion to Toledo. Um, that was a season that the offense was the weak side of the ball for the Aggies. It was the defense that played well. We had Kyler Fackrell and Nick Vigil at linebacker that year. We had uh, Ricky Aliafua playing defensive line. Those were some of the strong guys, and our defense looked very good two seasons ago. But where was the offense? And that's kind of been almost a theme for Matt Wells. And one of the, one of the most upsetting realities about Utah State in the last few years is that it seems like each season our offense has regressed. Last season was Kent Meyer's Weakest year at quarterback. He regressed. And we need to see him play better. It's unfortunate, but I feel as though much of Coach Wells' career hinges 
on Kent Meyer's performance this season. There's a lot of excitement, like I mentioned, around this new offensive coordinator, David Yost. I think much of it is warranted. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. And if if our offense is scoring 50 to 60% of all possessions at least, I think that that's a good sign for Coach Wells. And we'll get a good idea of that between the, the Wisconsin game and the Idaho State game. I'd be really interested, I will be really interested in seeing what the numbers are like for those two games combined. Because Wisconsin, obviously a very difficult game, uh, difficult, and Idaho State will not be so difficult. And to see how the numbers average out between those two games, I think will be very telling, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The third expectation, also an expectation I, I tend to agree with, is better game management. Perhaps the two most disturbing losses last season for the Aggies were the the New Mexico game and the Nevada game. Back-to-back games, uh, both of them near the end of the season. Nevada, a game where the the Aggies kind of outplayed Nevada for most of the game. I believe there were 500 yards of offense that day. Tony Lindsay Jr. had a great night. And to just kind of see the defense fall apart on the last possession, it seemed as though we were unprepared for a two-minute defense. And Nevada certainly knew what they were doing on the two-minute offense side. To flip the, the script the next week, it seemed to get worse when when we had to play two-minute offense against New Mexico. And we had that play where Kent Myers ran for that first down. No timeouts left. He slid. Uh, He needed to spike the ball to stop the clock, but instead we just went right into field goal formation. Didn't get the kickoff. We technically got it off in time, but we were so rushed we missed the field goal. That, to me, is poor game management on, on behalf of the coaches. And... The coaches are who you look at in situations like that when the the offense and the defense just don't seem to know what they're doing in an end-of-game situation. That's poor game management. I want to see better game management from the Yankees, and I think that most of the fan base, most of the administration, the people who are judging Coach Wells, want to see that as well, because that was blatantly obvious last season. And it was disappointing. Overall, I am supportive of Coach Wells. I, I think he's a good coach. He he has energy, and when we win, uh, he, he does so in grace. And I I love the, the former player coming back to coach at the school he played at. That's what Coach Wells is for for Utah State. He has an opportunity to be very successful. And I believe that most, um, most, what most people are saying is that it kind of hinges on this season, and I think that's correct. He can uh, lose my confidence at the end of the season. He hasn't done it yet, though, because like I said, I'm, I'm very wary of letting coaches go prematurely. And so I, 
I think that we should all give Coach Wells our full support and have confidence that he can do well because he's done well before. He's done well before. He coached under Gary Anderson, and Gary Anderson did what we're really expecting Matt Wells to do now. So let's give him that. And I want to go through the rest of the season, game by game, and we will do that on the other side of the break. What does the last half of Utah State's football season look like this year? Like I said, last week I went into the first five games. I want to talk about the the second seven games of the season. I left off last week on the BYU game. Again, a game I'm very excited about. I think all the, the fan base is excited about that game right here in Logan. The next week, Colorado State, again in Logan. And... This is a team, if you are listening last week, I picked Colorado State to really be uh, one of the, the major powers of the Mountain West. And I stand by that. I think this is going to be one of the best teams in the conference. And you can easily make the argument to me that this will be Utah State's toughest conference game. They have a, I believe, third-year head coach in Mike Bobo who uh, seems to be taking them on an upward trajectory. Last year, they started a. Last year, he was a third year quarterback. This year, he'll be a fourth year senior. They also had a freshman that played some last year. It's unclear who's going to start for them. It, it, everything I'm reading looks like it'll probably be Nick Stevens, the senior. And he, he was pretty good. Uh, obviously, not what they were looking for, though. On defense, they could return as many as eight on their defense. So it's it's going to look very similar to last year's team. Um, they, they're they also going to be returning all three of their primary backs, their two top receivers, uh, returning an all-conference center, three of their four top defensive linemen, every linebacker, and nearly every defensive back. So this is going to be a good team. Uh, because they have so much returning, I guess I, I could, I will, I'll paraphrase, from uh, every commercial you've ever seen to to sell you gold, past performance is indicative of future results. So I, I think this team's going to look very similar to last season's, probably even better. Because last year, I, I believe they were finished the regular season at like a 7-5, and 6-6 six and six record. I think they'll improve greatly on that because they're returning many players who will have an offseason to improve. Uh, this is a team... I, Another reason, they're going to be excited because they're playing in a new stadium. Now, obviously, the Utah State game is here in Logan, but they are playing in a new stadium back in uh, Fort Collins. So, they last year, their biggest weakness was stopping the run. They were ranked 98th in the country, stopping the run. This is Colorado State. And in passing yards allowed, they did much better. They were 32nd in the country during the past. Now, it's interesting, when I looked up that statistic, I noticed... Who's 11th in the country passing in passing yards allowed? Utah State is. Was last season. Utah State was 11th in the country in passing yards allowed. I thought that was awesome. So if this team's going to be very similar to last year's team, 
just maybe more mature, more talented, more improved upon, then their biggest weakness is going to be the run. And Utah State's going to need to have a solid running game. And that's that's the uh, the part of the offense that I'm most concerned about for Utah State is our running game. We didn't really have a clear running back last year. I, I think it'll be Tony Lindsay Jr. Uh, it could also be Lawan Hunt. So one of those two guys, preferably both, need to step up. And we can play this team very well. But I think this, this might be, you can make the argument this is going to be the most difficult conference opponent will be Colorado State. Um, I could be convinced otherwise, but I, I, I may even go as far to say that. So after that, we're playing Wyoming. This is another game in Logan. Uh, this is a team, they've lost a lot uh, through graduation. The one guy that's returning is, however, is arguably their best, was their best offensive player, and that's their quarterback, Josh Allen. However, they like I said, they lost a lot. Their 1,800-yard uh, rusher, Brian Hill, is gone, uh, along with the, his backup, Sean Wick. The top three pass catchers are gone. Um, they average 434 yards a game, and they're all gone. So that they, the the Cowboys need someone that's going to step up uh, around their quarterback. Defense allowed 450 yards a game. Uh, they they seem to have difficulty stopping both the running run and the pass. And so I, I, this is a very winnable game for the Aggies as far as I'm concerned. I think that both Wyoming and Utah State are, are seen in a similar way right now by those looking at the Mountain West. Um, kind of a, a team that doesn't have uh, the talent or even to many, I think, the coaching to really step up. So I, I'm really, really interested in how this game turns out, this Wyoming game, but it is definitely winnable uh, for the Aggies. Next is UNLV. UNLV, last season, they're 4-8. and eight. They were 4-8 and eight last season. But as far as I'm concerned, this, this team was worse than the Aggies last year. They were very much hampered by injury. So you got to give that to them. And they will be returning a lot of guys. But they don't seem to... It seems like a ways off before UNLV is back. I think this is also a very winnable game. Their coach... Tony Sanchez, learning that he's not coaching high school anymore. His previous gig to this was a high school football coach. Now, it was at Bishop Gorman High School, which uh, is school in Vegas, private school. If you're not familiar with Bishop Gorman, this is the, uh, the they are the Dallas Cowboys of <laughs> private high school football or really any sport. But uh, it still is not college football. And Coach Tony Sanchez is learning that. So I, I think UNLV is, is still a ways away. Um, frankly, college and high school football are very different sports. Even when you're playing um, at a high level of high school football, like Bishop Gorman, which is that's the highest level of high school football, still very, very different. And I, anytime I see that, unless your name is Newt Rockney going to uh, Notre Dame in the 1920s, you can't make the switch from, from high school football to college football as a head coach and and be successful right off the bat. So I, I don't think UNLV will be, um, will be at a high level of play for a while. 
In fact, the uh, one of the, the resources I use to, to research these teams is uh, SBNation.com. They, they, they wrote a preview for UNLV, and the, the headline was, UNLV has a chance to be good, maybe when the Raiders get there. <laughs> so it was something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I, I think that's, that's probably true. So anyway, moving on to the next game, Boise State. Now, this obviously is, I think this is the game that, I think after the BYU game, I think a lot of Utah State fans are looking at this this game as the next most exciting. Um, it's back in Logan. We remember what happened last time. This game was in Logan. I was at that game, and that was that was very exciting. The defense won that game for the Aggies two years ago. And as far as I can tell, if this is going if the Aggies are going to repeat what happened two years ago. It needs to be a very similar game for them. What? How many turnovers did the Aggies recover that night? Seven? Just a ridiculous number of turnovers. We may not need to recover seven turnovers, but we definitely need to play defense um, better than than we <laughs> better than we did last season. <laughs> I'll say that. So. Uh, Boise State ranked number 16 in the nation in the USA Today preseason poll. Now, they haven't won a division title, not a conference title, but division title since 2014, which at Boise State's a long time. Uh, that was Coach Brian Harson's first year as head coach of the Broncos. And uh, so the way I see it, I think that Coach Brian Hart, Harden, um, no, it is Harson. It is Harson. Coach Brian Harson, I think he is in a similar position to Coach Wells. I discussed Coach Wells, the position he's in, the first half of this podcast. And I, I think that uh, Boise State fans and the administration and the alumni, they're, they're kind of missing Chris Peterson right now. Um, and, and they want to see some real success. Now, we don't have the the history that Boise State has, at least not in the last decade or so, decade or even two decades. Nevertheless, uh, this both of our coaches are coaches that really have to prove some things. And uh, so this is going to be an interesting game. Like I said, defense is going to be the key in this game. Uh, it is in every game, but Boise State, they lost three starters on the offensive line and they got a new offensive line coach. So that could be a weakness for them this season. And that, that's what I'm, I'll be looking at in this game is how our, how our defensive line and our linebackers really pick on that young offensive line on Boise State. Next week is the New Mexico game. New Mexico is kind of a sleeper team. I think I, I'm worried this, this might be the game that the Aggies maybe overlook. Uh, would be the New Mexico game. This is a good team. Uh, now, historically, what Bob Davey is doing at, at New Mexico, what he's done the last few years, I mean, this is a team that runs the ball really well, but that's about it. Guess where New Mexico was ranked nationwide in rushing yards last year? They were ranked first. They were ranked first in the country. That That's, that's over... Uh, Ken Niamatololo and his Navy team and the, the other service academies, 
that's over Ohio State and what they had last year with Curtis Samuel and JT Barrett. And that's over the Tuscaloosa Dallas Cowboys, uh, also known as the Crimson Tide. Uh, I mean, that is, that's impressive that they're outrushing those types of teams. Now, where are they in total offense? 33rd in the nation. So when you throw in the, the passing yards, they drop 32 spots. So that tells you something. They're 89th in scoring defense. For reference, USU was 73rd in scoring defense. So this is going to be a game. Obviously, the defense is going to need to show up. Uh, but this is a winnable game. But we can, I mean, this is a game you can also overlook. So I, I'm always fascinated in if what a team's attitude is about each game. And, and I like to, to get a feel before each game about what my team's attitude is about this game. And I get concerned if I think maybe they aren't taking it seriously. So I, I really want to know and have confidence that the Aggies aren't going to overlook this game. Because if, if they do, they can, it can really burn them. So um, it, it'll be a good game. So moving on to Hawaii, the Hawaii's coming to Logan. Um, Hawaii is a talented team. They've got a quarterback in Drew Brown. They've got a running back. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. I've got a name that's difficult to pronounce, and it is pretentious when people uh, try it without any idea of how it's pronounced. So I'm not going to uh, do that uh, disservice to this young man. But they're running back. He's uh, he, he also is, is very strong. Um, that backfield's considered one of the better, better back, backfields in the Mountain West. Now, the big weakness for them, what I'm seeing, is their pass defense. They allowed 13 yards per completion last year. And to make matters worse, four of their six defensive backs that they're rotating in and out, four of the six are all gone. Now, if you've got a bad defensive backfield and a bunch of them graduate, that could be a good thing. <laughs> so it, it may mean that Hawaii will look better on their past defense. I'm guessing no, however. Um, this isn't a, uh, this is, you know, this is a program that is in uh, still the early stages of rebuilding. And I think, similar to UNLV, I think it is uh, still undercoached to, to really experience a true rebuild. So I think this is a, uh, not an easy win. This is not an easy win because this is still a talented team. But I don't think it's a well-coached team. So this is a, a winnable game, but it's not an easy win. And moving to the final game of the season, Air Force. Now, we all remember last year, a uh, bit of a heartbreaker against Air Force. I was, as I was at that game as well. Um, got some, some tough calls from the refs. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to deny that. Um, pass interference when it wasn't pass interference, and then we got a no call when it clearly was, but whatever. Um, this seems to be a similar team than uh, the team we played last year. We could have won last year's game. And it was interesting. We lost that game by a touchdown. What was Air Force's record last year? They were 10-3. That was a 10-win team. What, and that's, that's, the, uh, that's the entire season. They're 9-3 and 
in the regular season than uh, won a conference game. We're 10-3 on the season, and we lost to them by a touchdown. So I, I think uh, similar teams in both Utah State and Air Force, I think overall um, similar, I, I mean similar teams to last year. Neither one of these teams, I think, uh, has changed a whole lot personnel-wise. So I, I think this will be a similar game to last year. Uh, winnable if we stop the run, obviously. But what's interesting, I, I mentioned Hawaii's position in the country in, in yards against, uh, yard, yards thrown against. Air Force is not in a much better position. They're 94th in the country in passing yards allowed. Now, last year, in that loss, Utah State actually outgained Air Force 414 yards to 326. But what's interesting is let's look at the numbers. Now, Air Force, predictably, they got 213 yards running and then 113 yards passing, which is what you'd expect. Now, how much did US Utah State get? They got 42 yards running and 372 yards passing and lost the game. So, the weakness is, is obvious. Air Force is not a team that generally protects, that, that, that defends against the pass very well. They weren't last year. They probably won't be this year. So I, I want to see Utah State do what it does best, and that's pass the ball. At least it was last year, and I, I think it probably will be this year as well. Passing the ball very well, I want to see that against Air Force, and this could be a winnable game. I mean, Utah, Air Force is a, it's going to be a good, good team again. Um, I expect Air Force to get to a bowl game again, but uh, this is nevertheless Utah State could win this um, with a similar strategy to last year, just a little better executed, quite frankly. So, and that's the season. Uh, I'm going to release what I think how how I think Utah State will do game by game later as we get closer to the season. I'll I'll do. Uh, Next week's going to be my, my college football preview. I'll look at the entire entirety of college football. Um, I'll share some of what I... I'll make some predictions, um, some storylines. I will also name who I think to be the top 25 teams in the nation. And I'll go through... And, and I'm currently in the process of going uh, game by game throughout the whole country and all, all Power 5 in the Mountain West and uh, guessing a winner for each game because I'm a nerd and this is what I like to do. So I'm going to do that and I'll release that next week. And I'll release, uh, we'll, we'll get more into depth about how I think Utah State will do um, against each team, uh, particularly in this season. But uh, I'm excited about this season because like I said last week, the conference schedule is doable. It really is. Now, Am I going to predict an undefeated conference record? No, no. Um, I wish it, I, I wish I had that confidence, but I, I don't. Um, so I do, however, believe that we can finish with a winning conference record, and and even, not just a winning conference record, but a very good conference record. So anyway, that that'll be it for me. Um, tune in next week for my college football preview. Remember, share this podcast with your friends. Like us on Facebook. Send us a message there. 
and we will see you next week. Thank you very much. Go Aggies.